Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity that you've given. Lord, most of all, we do thank you for that baby boy. Lord, we thank you, Father, for all that you have done. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, which just reveals so much to us, God, about who we are and who you are and your relationship to us and who Jesus is. Lord, we just thank you for all the rich treasure of your word. And so, Father God, as we just come before you today, God, I just believe and receive, Father, that you will just give your support and your aid, Lord, as I seek to share your word and to just kind of share today. Lord, I just believe and receive the help of Holy Spirit. Lord, open our hearts, open our ears, open our understanding to receive, Father, what you would have us to receive today. And Lord, we just believe and receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, the, what I'd like to speak on today is, as a title I've given it, is Keys to Freedom. And you've already heard about keys this morning, so... Lord's kind of been charging the atmosphere there a little bit with, with uh, some that I'm going to be talking about today. And um, keys to freedom could go a lot of different directions. Uh, the last time that I ministered, I uh, shared just a little brief clip it, little snippet of a story. And I'm going to be expanding on that today. But uh, just because in, in way of introduction, what would you do? If you were given a key that would unlock access to everything that you need, what would you do if you were given a key that would unlock access to everything that you needed? You know, we can, we can imagine that if we knew that in one of these rooms here in the church uh, there was a, a, a supply of maybe money. We all know what money can do. And that, that we were given the key. Pastor Eric came up to us and said, here's the key to that room. You can have whatever that's with the, everything that's in it. And that supply would be more than enough to do anything that we needed, whether it was to pay off our house, our car, you know, whatever. How, how many of us would just say, no, thank you. That's okay. There's not one of us that would do that. Um, okay. You know, what if we had a key to all the finances we needed, a key to all the peace that we needed, a key to all the healing we needed, a key for freedom for ourselves? How about a key for the ones that we love? And you can go on. Keys to set communities free. Keys to set nations free. Keys to freedom. What would we do if we had access to those keys? Would you use it? Would you use it? When you found out after you used it that it worked, would you share? Would you keep it to yourself? Or would you share that key with others? So we're just going to share a couple of scriptures by way of introduction. This is John 8, 31, verse 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To the Jews, now back to that one. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, 
you are my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeah. Here's another scripture, James 1.25. Again, these are familiar scriptures. We probably all have heard them many times, probably heard many messages about them. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So one more time. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. You know, I, I grew up learning these scriptures in the King James Version. And so, you know, I'm not as familiar with it in that particular version. But it, the perfect law of liberty, that may resonate with some of us uh, more seasoned saints. The perfect law of liberty. And that's how it's stated, too, in the King James Version. This morning, I just want to kind of uh, go through and just share. And this isn't, you know, Mike's kind of normal. He kind of knows what my pace normally is. I kind of, you know, I've got like 35 slides, and it's like, whoo, we better get going, you know, and so he knows to just go like this, but this morning, it's going to be a little bit different, because um, I want to, I want to just share a little bit about the keys to freedom that the Lord has given to me personally, and so this is going to be a little bit different than kind of the normal, normal message, and uh, there was a time I'm only going to just give one specific area. There's been many, many keys over the years that the Lord has given me, but I'm just going to share with just this one area. Um, maybe because many of us can identify with it, I don't know. It was just how I felt the Lord lead. There was a time that I, that I had a need to be free from lack. Okay? Lack is something, you know, we don't maybe use that term, but I needed money to put it in a different way. And, and I kind of mentioned this in my last message, so I'll, I'll cue you. You don't, don't go ahead until I tell you, all right? So um, I should have got that all fixed up ahead of time. But uh, I just want to, most of you, I, I stand up here, I share, I share the scriptures. And, you know, there's many of you, I don't know who you are. You know, some I've never seen before because there's always visitors that come. So I'm going to just be sharing. Some people may know some of these things. Some people may know, may not know. But anyway, so I'm going to just uh, kind of tell, before, kind of set the stage of why did I need these keys? So to start with, I just want to, uh, you know, I grew up, like everybody, went to college, got a degree. My degree is in architecture. And, and before I'd gotten my degree in architecture here at Oklahoma State University, for anybody that may care, um, uh, I... Uh, had worked in an architect's office in Alaska, you know, so that I was able to work and pay for my education because, you know, they paid pretty well there in Alaska. And so when I was done with my schooling, they, come on back, come back to work. So I came back to work after I was done with school and uh, worked there for one year. One year, made good money, you know, have a degree. They know me. They know what I can do. So I don't have to stop at the bottom of the, or don't have to start at the bottom of the ladder I've already worked there for five years. It takes five years, by the way, to get an architecture degree. So I'd worked there a long time. And so I'd already worked for this company five years. When I came back, you know, it was a good place. That was, I don't, I'm not going to give the years, but it was many years ago. 
And the oil, you guys are familiar here in Oklahoma with the price of oil, it goes up and it goes down. And Alaska had its, I don't know if it's true anymore, but at least at that time it was a very oil-based economy. The oil price was up. The state of Alaska had a ton of money, and so they're building college campuses. They're just, you know, we had tons of work. And all of that shut down because the price went down. And so I found myself, after a year, I didn't have work anymore. And I didn't, I didn't have a job. And I did not anticipate that. In my little vision of what my life is going to be like, you know, I'm going to get a house and a cat and a dog and, you know, <laughs> get married or whatever. I, I did not anticipate being without work. And I, was, I found myself a year out of college with, with nowhere to, you know, I mean, I could stay home. But it was like, well, you know. So I looked around, and, and eventually I ended up in California. And I found a job there working in an architect's office there. Now, California's economy isn't quite as attached to the oil price as it is here or maybe in Alaska, but eventually their economy tanked too. And so I found myself in California without a job. Got this nice little degree, and nobody wants it. <laughs> and so there were some people in the church that I was going to when I was a contractor, so I worked for him for a while, and pretty soon I laid off again. <laughs> And so I was, I was desperate. You know, uh, then I found another job with a different architect, and it was, it was great. You know, I was able to go to school at that time, so I was going to school, working for him part-time. But then whoever he was working for didn't pay him. So guess who else didn't get paid? <laughs> and he said, next month. I'm sure he'll pay next month. And so I worked month after month after month without a paycheck. And so the only way, you know, it's like, well, I've got a credit card, no problem. You know, eventually he'll pay and it'll all balance out. So I just started using my credit card to um, pay for the expenses. I must have had enough savings for rent because I, it, you know, wasn't, I mean, nowadays I don't know what else you can pay with your credit, pay with your credit card. But, but anyway, so I ended up, as you can imagine, the pit is getting bigger, right? Digging myself into a deep, deeper hole. So eventually uh, that guy, I finally said, I can't. I can't keep doing this. I'm not going to keep working for nothing. And so um, he was fine with that. So I had to get a, another job, and I found a part-time job at a boys and girls club. And it was teaching arts and crafts, but it's only a part-time job. So it, it was enough to barely scrape by, but I still have this debt from all these, you know, I had a little bit of school, school debt. I have this debt from all this working. And so I had lack. Long story to kind of paint the picture. Um, that I had lack. Anyway, so because I'm a believer, I'm, Lord, help me. Give me wisdom. So over time, and I started to share a little bit of this story with you guys last time. And so this, some of this will be review for those who are here that particular day. But so I'm praying and I'm asking God, God, you know, there's got to be a way out of this hole. And, you know, I'm hearing messages on prosperity and different, different stuff. And so as I pray, the Lord gives me a key. And this was the key he gave me, Romans 12, 17. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if you were here last time, you know that with that verse, immediately I saw a picture. And that picture was of a keyboard that was at my house. A keyboard that had been donated to the Boys and Girls Club where I worked. 
and again, as I shared last time, when I, working there at the Boys and Girls Club, there's this constant stream of donations. They used fundraisers of uh, uh, silent auctions and different things. And so there's just a constant stream of stuff coming in. And it, we were in this building. It was, it was an old laundry, but it had an upstairs, and it was just chock full of stuff. And there were three keyboards. And so I had learned and observed from the other staff that when there was excess stuff, that it was kind of just up for grabs. And so I had taken that keyboard home. So, And as I sh shared with you last time, because I was on the worship team and I helped with worship so I could practice worship on this borrowed keyboard from the Boys and Girls Club. But when the Lord shared this scripture to me, he asked me one question. So I've got this verse. Be careful to do what is in the right. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And he showed me the keyboard. And he said, do you think the person who donated that keyboard would be okay with you having it? What do you guys think? Who did he give it to? You guys are being awful quiet this morning. He gave it to the kids at the Boys and Girls Club. He didn't give it to the staff. He wanted it to benefit the kids, or she, whoever had donated it. And so it's like, okay, Lord. I was, you know, convicted of, of, of something that I needed to fix. So I took the keyboard back. Just lived life without it. It was fine. Everything was okay. I didn't... Understand, the reason it's a big deal is I didn't have money to go get a keyboard. I barely had money to eat. <laughs> okay, so, so that was the first key. It's like, oh, i got to stop stealing. Kind of a big key, huh? That's one of the Ten Commandments. Oh, all right. Now, another key the Lord gave me, though, one day, because so it's like, well, Lord, that was one thing. Is there anything else? And this was a scripture, and again, this, this was, you know, guys, especially in this church, if you've been around this church for very long, you know that quite a few years ago in the body of Christ, there was a huge push to get people out of debt. And I was, even in California, that was the message that was preached, get out of debt. And this was often a scripture that people used, whether it was on TV, whether it was in your local church, it was just resonating in the body of Christ. And it's Romans 13, 8, this is from... Anyway, it says, owe, no, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. And again, the Lord gave me a picture just like I got the verse, then I got the picture. And the picture he gave me was something that I still have in my wallet today. Anybody know what this is? Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have credit cards, because I still have one today. But if you remember, that credit card to me meant a whole lot more than this particular credit card did. And that credit card was what I had my trust in. And I didn't know it, until the Lord challenged me, would I be willing to cut that credit card in two? And again, this was, this was 
very common in the body of Christ. People in my church were doing it. When I would come on vacation and maybe come here to church service here, it was this was the message in the body of Christ. You know, those that were those of us who were alive then, we know how many years ago I'm talking about this. And so, so this wasn't like an unusual thing for people to be doing, cutting up those credit cards. You cut those credit cards up. And so I, I, I was feeling like that was what the Lord was wanting me to do. And, and it was hard. Because when I cut that credit card, it meant I couldn't use it. What if? That was, of course, the message of the enemy. What if something happens where you need money? What are you going to do? And I didn't know. I didn't have an answer for that. I just knew I was supposed to do it. It was where my trust was. See, this owe nothing to any, anyone except to love one another is about a whole lot more than just staying out of debt. God wasn't interested whether so much I had a credit card or not. He wanted to trust. Did I trust him to take care of me? And the answer was no. I trusted Visa. <laughs> Little plug. Shouldn't be plugging credit cards probably. <laughs> What's in your wallet? I'm sorry. Um, and so it was a real challenge for me. You know, and so I would, you know, scraping along. I still just have a part-time income, scraping along. You know, and so it's like, okay, um, try to get this thing paid off. And, and, you know, and so it was a challenge. And, and eventually the Lord blessed, and I was able to, to get the thing paid off. But then something would happen, like I'd have to take a trip or travel. And, and in those days, I don't know if it's still that way anymore. I haven't had any need to get one. But to rent a car in those days, you had to have a credit card. And so there was a season in my life where I went back and forth between cutting them up and calling. I need it in 24 hours. Can you overnight it to me? Anyway, but eventually the Lord, you know, worked through that. But we want to, we got to get to some other keys. Now, I want to really, I want to point this out, because I, I have a sense that there, this is maybe the meat of the message, and I don't even realize it. I want you to know that I had an expectation, because I'm using these keys. Okay, Lord, I took back the keyboard. Okay, Lord, I'm using my key. I cut my credit card up. So surely, now that I've stopped, Taking things that don't belong to me. Surely, Lord, now that I've stopped using my credit card, that things are going to really change, and I'm going to have financial breakthrough. Windows of heaven will open, and the you know, for out of blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. And I'm not going to say this might be your experience. I don't know. You'll have to just use the keys God gives you and see what happens. But that did not happen. That did not happen. Now, I'm going to kind of give again a picture. So here I am, trying to do my best to be obedient. And things are really tough. There's uh, a people, a family that I know in my church, they have pigs. And so I help them on their farm, and they get day-old stuff. I don't know if anybody ever does that around here. There's probably no bakeries, so there's not. Anyway, but they used to get day-old bread from a bakery, and they would pick up, and there'd be donuts and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and I used to go with them to pick that stuff up, and so I'd shop in the day-old stuff. So uh, 
is not the healthiest way to live. I do not recommend it to live on uh, with a hostess and all those. Yeah, yeah. It was when they still had hostess bakeries. Anyway, um, you know. So, but but past that, it goes even further. Because, you know, I work at the Boys and Girls Club, and the kids are bringing their lunch every day. And in the summer, they have, you know, they're there all day. And so they, I just watch day after day. I don't know if kids do that. I'm sure your kids don't. And I don't know about Callan back there if he does this. But they threw their lunch away every single day. They'd come in with a lunch, throw it away, and go buy a soda and a, something else, you know. And so I put a box out, and I called it the pig box, and I got permission to do it. And this is the pig box, and it's set in, set in the lunchroom. And so if there was food, if they didn't want their sandwich, their apple, whatever, they'd throw it in the pig box. Well, one particular day, I'm, I'm working there, and, and I'm, you know, things are tight. It's just a part-time job. There's not, not enough money. It, I, you know, and again, this is all relative depending on how you live or how you eat. But I was living on $25 for my groceries, and I had it exactly out. It was beans, a little bit of pasta, a little bit of fruit, you know, and I knew exactly how much money I had each week. And it was never satisfying, let me just put it that way. And so I would look at that, what was going in that pig box, and there would be times it's like, hmm, that looks pretty good. <laughs> and then one day, um, one day this girl, and I know she's a believer, and I don't, really know quite all, but I knew her dad, and I knew that she went to church. And she brought over an apple to me before she put it in the pig box. And she asked me something. And I don't know why the Lord had this kind of prophetic moment or this little moment of where God is speaking to me through this little girl. But she comes over with this apple, and she says, would you like this? And I don't know why that struck me so much. But in that moment, when she's handing me this little apple, I know that there's something going on. And it, I instantly remember the scripture. And I remember where I am. I remember all of a sudden, it's like I'm there. And, and you'll be familiar with this scripture. This is often preached about. But it's the little story of the prodigal, the prodigal son. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. And this is the, the, the younger son who took half his father's money and left. He sent him into his field to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. And I even have a box in my, you know, in the, I don't remember if it was in my classroom, it might have been, or if it was in the lunchroom, but I had it, it was the pig box. So I've got the box where the pigs are eating out of, and I'm longing to fill my belly with what's going into that box. And for some reason, the day that girl gave me that apple, it was like I woke up. And it's like, okay, God, there must be more keys. And again, it didn't come to me like that, but it was like, Lord, there's something more. So go ahead. And now I also want to point this out, that while this is happening, I am tithing. A little sale-out moment there. Well, surely you weren't. That's going to be one of your keys, isn't it? No, I was already tithing. And I was already giving some measure of offerings. I was involved in ministry. I was not a pastor. I wasn't ordained or anything like that. But I was at the church every time it was open. And in that particular denomination, it was every night of the week, practically. I, there was maybe one or two nights off. Maybe. But if there was open, you were expected to be there. And, and I was involved. I was teaching Sunday school. I was working with the youth. If I wasn't teaching the youth, I was the treasurer. I mowed the lawn. I did everything you know, <laughs> that the pastor needed. And, and, and so it's not like I'm a heathen. 
partying on the weekends or whatever. No, I'm a good, honest churchgoer. I've, now that I've given away my stolen keyboard, brought it back. You know, but I'm just saying that it's there. I was doing everything that I thought I had to do. I was doing everything I thought I had to do. But in that moment, with that apple and the pig box, and it's like, whoa, something's not right. So I went back to the Lord. Okay. And he gave me another key. And this one you've already been given this morning, thanks to Richard. He gave you this key earlier. But I didn't see it as a key. I knew the scripture. But the Lord challenged me. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, to you again. And again, you could go on and on. You can preach whole messages just about that scripture. But what the Lord challenged me to do was to just... Give, oh, it goes the other way, unless I double the slide. But anyway, I, to just give a little. I didn't have a lot to give. I'm scraping by with my little $25 worth of grocery money, paying my rent, and there's just nothing left. No savings, nothing like that. Okay? And, and so, but I just started giving just a little. There were certain ministries that I listened to and I learned from. And so the Lord just challenged me, take $10 and just give $1 to each of these ministries. And so I did. I just got my little envelopes and I sent off my little dollars. And I'll, I'll be honest, for myself personally, I can't tell you that this will be your experience. You've got to go to the Lord and find out what keys he has for you. But for me, that was the turning point. That was the turning point. I would begin to find bags of groceries left on my porch. I needed those bags of groceries just as much before I ever started doing this, but they didn't come until after I obeyed what the Lord was challenging me to do. I had just as great a need, but for whatever reason, the Lord allowed people's eyes to be blinded or whatever. I don't know how it works in the spirit realm, but as soon as I took that step of faith, I was already tithing. I was already giving to my church. But the Lord said, do a little bit. So it, that was when everything started to change. The next thing that began to change is that, that I, actually my part-time hours started to grow. So it went from only four, six, four to six hours. And then it went to a little bit more. You know, and, and, and so the Lord just little by little, little by little. And I'm still just working at the Boys and Girls Club. They do not pay well, nonprofit, don't pay well to their support staff. That's not a good plug for them, but there's not one local, so don't tell anybody I told you. But anyway, so, um, but, but, so eventually, little by little, things begin to change. But, you know, and I got to the point where I was probably comfortable, probably not the level of prosperity that I ever would have, you know, been satisfied with for a long time. I, in fact, I was looking for a new job whenever the Lord kind of brought me into this next key. You know, so I, I've been at the Boys and Girls Club for probably 10, 10 years or so, and uh, I'm looking for other work because it's like I'm, I'm just ready for something else. I'm ready for something different. And uh, there's the Lord began to do something in my own life, and it doesn't have anything to do with the scripture yet, but that's okay. The Lord began to just challenge me to clean up and clean out but not my house. Not my house. And the stuff that I began to be aware of, and again, the, the Holy Spirit 
just works in such a gentle and kind way. You know, so again, this is just my journey. may not be your experience. It may not be something the Lord ever brings you through. But for me, what it was like was like smelling garbage. The attitudes that I had towards other people, situations, just the, for lack of a better term, the, yeah. <laughs> Not that anybody has any, yeah. That just kind of festers and stays inside. And the Lord just made me so aware of it. It was just a season. It was maybe even four to six months of just like, Lord, I don't want this stuff inside me anymore. The kind of stuff, just to give you a little bit of an example, is that my, I might have an interaction with somebody, and instead of just being kind and loving, I'd be angry. You know, or a situation at work where a kid might disobey, and instead of just handling it in a normal way, I'd be, Rah. now you kind of get the idea of what the junk. I know I'm not being very, very clear, because I'm already going to start going over time here, but, but uh, it's just stuff that I was tired of. I didn't want it in my life anymore. I didn't want to react that way to other people. I just like, Lord, take this stuff out. But I didn't know how to get it out, other than to pray and ask for his help. And uh, but the Lord in his grace was preparing me for something new. Now, the church that I was going to, you know, had a lot of changes in it. A new pastor comes in and he's saying, telling us the staff, because by that point, I'm, you know, like an associate or, you know, more than just a person in a pew. He's, he tells me that we're all going to go to a training. I'm like, we are? What for? Well, I don't really know, but I think we're supposed to go. Like, okay. So I don't even really know what it is I'm going to be trained in. So I get the time off from work, and we head off, and we go to a training. And when we're there, and again, I just go in, I file in, and sit down. I have no idea what this is about. But the training was at Bethel Church. Some of you may know where that is, in Redding, California. So it's at Bethel Church, and it's put on by their deliverance ministry. And they start talking about all the different styles. It's not the first training. Some people are familiar with their first training. It's the second training. So they're they're not even talking about how any of this stuff works. They're just going through, and they're giving examples. This is all the stuff we do to help people get free of bondages in their lives. And they're going through all these different styles of ministry. And they're just giving examples of it. And, oh, by the way, everybody that's here, you're going to go through this process. Because you get a free session with one of our deliverance counselors. And I'm like, really? What? What? What's this about? You know, but as I sat through the sessions, I began to realize that it was like, because the, the counselors would tell about how they discovered the tools that God had given them. And they'd share their life stories and different stuff. And, and all of a sudden, it was like, I have a big light bulb, but it was like this big light bulb comes on. And it's like, oh, I've needed this my whole life. I've needed this my whole life. You know, that I, was, I was just so, it was such a revelation to me because I didn't even know that was available. I didn't even know anything like that existed. It was not part of our normal church church stuff. And so, so I went up to one of the ladies afterwards. And to me, it was just, I just had to tell her, I, I, needed, I needed counseling my whole life. <laughs> she just looks at me like, Okay, <laughs> you know, like, guys, 
got a problem. <laughs> you know, yeah, I did. I had a lot of problems. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, because I just want to kind of kind of move on, but but it turned out to be a real turning point in my life. I go through the little, you know, the deliverance session, and, and again, they, every deliverance style is different, and counseling, you know, whether you go through counseling or whatever, however God leads, but for me, that was a key to getting rid of the junk. And, and the bottom line is, is, one, it was getting rid of lies I believed about other people, about myself, situations. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The other big key was forgiving. Forgiving. A lot of people do a lot of things they don't mean to do that hurt us. And sometimes, yeah, it's some, sometimes it is on purpose and sometimes it's not. But we still have to forgive. And the Lord had done a lot of that work in my own life. I had already walked through a lot of the stuff already. But the Lord brought me to a place where I needed help. And I needed somebody else to walk me through some things that I didn't even know I needed to be walked through. And it, you know, and it was, it was, I'm very thankful to how the Lord did it. Because if I knew all ahead of time what I was in for, I might have said no. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. I don't need that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But, but this was the key the Lord was giving me, and I didn't even know it. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. There's a key in that verse. And I, 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 the way the Lord showed it to me one time was just a picture of a person, how he would teach it to other people. It would like your soul's a donut. <laughs> it's a picture of a donut. And it gets bites out of it. Picture first the donut that's all whole, and then picture the donut with the bites out of it. God doesn't want us to have bites in our donuts. He wants us to be whole. But the key is, is that he can't prosper us any more than what our soul can receive. He cannot prosper us any more than what our soul can receive. How many of you have heard of these people that win the lottery one day and the next day they're flat broke again? Why is that? It's not a natural economic principle. It's a spiritual one. And it's because their soul could not hold any more than just a little dab. And that's how my soul was all those years. It couldn't hold but just a little tiny dab. Now, after this process, and I don't even realize, I mean, I'm still crabby, I'm still doing things that, you know, so it's not like this wave of magic wand or something, you know, you just kind of walk through, you forgive, what's the lie you believed, and you walk on through. And, uh, you know, I still had problems with the people around me. I was still crabby at them, and people are trying to help me, and I'm like, meh, 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 you know? But something was different inside of me, even though, I mean, even though I've gone through this process, something had changed because when I got back to work, when I got back to work, uh, 
one of the things that had started to happen, again, I'm just a, I worked in the art room, so I did art and science and drama, and by this time I'm working full time, but at a low rate, low wage. And we, you know, there's several places. You've got your staff that actually work with the kids, and above that you've got management. And there had been this middle management position that every two years another per we had a stable person there for maybe you know five, six years, and then after that person left, it was just roller coaster, in, out, in, out. They'd come in, they'd have some sort of problem, they'd get booted out, or they'd just move on to something else. And, and so we hadn't had anybody in that position stable ever, you know, for like five years, and it was just making things a mess. And so it was back when I, you know, all this is happening all at the same time. After I got back from, you know, the deliverance ministry, you know, oh, position's open again. And I had a thought as I'm sitting there complaining to all the staff around me. Oh, what are we going to get this time? Oh, boy, here we go again. You know, somebody will come in. They probably won't stay more than a year. They don't know how to run this place. And it dawned on me a thought that had never occurred to me ever before. Why don't you apply? He can't prosper us more than what our soul can contain. I did not think of myself as able before. But something had changed inside my soul that all of a sudden it was like, yeah, why don't I? I know how to run this place. We've been having to do it on our own without this management position for a long time. So I, so I applied. I had no idea. I did not even ask how much the position made because we're nonprofit. It can't pay very much. I didn't care. I just wanted the chaos of what we were enduring to go away. So I told the other staff, would you, would you be okay if I was your supervisor? Oh, yes, please apply. You know, so it's like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I applied, went for the interview, and did my best. They come back, and they say, okay, we'd like to hire you. And I'm like, what? Okay, this could be exciting. Never done this before, but we'll see what happens. It paid $60,000 a year. I had no clue. I didn't even ask. I, I, I didn't even know, well, how much is that a month? What is that going to be like? I had no clue. So, so, in other words, the Lord was able to take me. There was something that I had to be willing to walk through first in order to be able to get to where the Lord wanted me to go. Healing for my soul. Go ahead, Mike. The Lord has plans for us. We're all familiar with this scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That hope and a future is not just for me. Not just for Pastor Eric. It's not just for somebody who might own a business. It's not just for somebody who's got somebody that they know somebody, that they are somebody. That is for you. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what your background is, it does not matter. What does matter 
is are you willing to seek after the keys, no matter what it costs? For me, I had to cut up my credit cards, you know. I had to go through seasons of testing. And those seasons of testing don't stop. Jody's probably looking at me like, can we go back there and get that job back? <laughs> but those seasons of testing don't stop. But each time the Lord, if we will allow him, will give us another key to freedom to some other area of our life. And, and money's not everything. Money is not everything. Money prosperity is not everything. I had to look at somebody one time. He'd come to me for counseling. And I had to look at them and said, I know you're going through a hard season, but what have you prayed and asked the Lord to do? He answered, God is more concerned about answering your prayer than he is prospering you right now. Are you willing to let him do it? I wish I could stand up here and tell you that, you know, follow these keys, you know, buy my book. But your keys are going to be different than my keys. Now, granted, there's probably some that are the same. But are you willing to seek them out? Are you willing to seek them out? There is hope. There is freedom. And I know I've gone over time, and I don't usually do that, but I just felt like this was the message to bring today. Um, I, I don't remember. Is there another slide, or is that it? Okay. Did you have something you wanted to share? Just a... Thank you guys for being very patient. I don't normally go over, but it was kind of important. I felt to... Before service ever started this morning, the Lord showed me a picture of this Kairos moment where we stand right now. And usually we give words during praise and worship. He's like, no, and would not let me give it. But now I know why. Sean had to lay out the word of the Lord, and he had to lay out the format. He had to soften our hearts and prepare us for what the Lord needs to say. And the Lord shows me in this place that there is a great assemblage of the heavenly host, even now. For you see, this is a time and a season to herald the coming of Christ. And we think of the babe in the manger. For the way to the cross is down the road in another season. But today, today is a time and a season it's a window of opportunity that is very precise. This is a place that we have been walking to for years. It's a place we've wanted to be in this house. And we've decreed it. We've prophesied it. But it's for such a time as this that now we stand before the door. Because you see today, there is an open door that stands right before us as members of the body of Christ. 
This door is a door of holiness. It's a door that is narrow. And this door is Christ Jesus himself. But you see, this door has a requirement. And it's a sincere affirmation from our hearts. We haven't got a clue what this entails. It's a step of faith, and that's the currency of the kingdom of God. But even today, I say, the requirement to go through this door is the simple acknowledgement that Christ really is Lord over our life. This door is narrow. It's the width of our shoulders. And try as we might, there's no walking through this door carrying the baggage that we had even yesterday, even five minutes ago. This is a season of laying down that which needs to be let go. Things that have had a season, but now they've done their part and it's time to move along. Because it's a season that is upon us to travel light because we will move fast. For you see, this door is a door in preparation for the miraculous. It's a thing that we've applauded and we've longed for. But we really didn't know how to get there. And so even today, there's a transaction as the trading floor of heaven is open. Will we, by faith, be willing to lay aside things that are carnal, even in our core belief system of the faith? There's carnality that does not line up with the plumb line of the Word of God. Will we be willing to transcend cultural approval? Will we be willing to just trust God to make it right when we haven't got a clue what it is that He wants? And so even today, the Lord says, Come. I have prepared the table of delight for you. This is a place that your heart has cried for. And you've tried to find it in pleasures of the soul here and there. But the longings of the deepness of man are fulfilled only in the things of God. And he's saying, trust me for this. I'm good for And so today, by faith, picture yourself, even as you look at that door as an example, shrink it down a little more narrow, because your ocean liner trunk and your Samsonite, they're not going to fit through. This door is for us and us alone. Picture in your mind that you stand and you walk through with ease. Because this is the place of hope and a future.
future entails movement and going and progression and reality. And this is the plane where the Lord wants to take us. So even today, by faith, picture yourself before the door. If you're willing, say yes, Lord. Here am I. Jesus. So, Father God, today, Lord, I just thank you for your people today. You can stand, guys. So, Father God, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, Father, for those who have been yearning to come up higher and to, to, to somehow break through and to find places of freedom they've never known, uh, things that they've heard preached, things that they just know in their hearts, Lord, that you have for them. Lord, I just believe and receive, Father, that, that that hope would be restored today. Lord, that there is even a possibility to, to step into the things that you have for them. Father God, I just believe and receive, Father, that, Lord, uh, as, as they receive the keys, Father, that you'll give them wisdom and understanding and, and, and patience and endurance, Lord, to, to use those keys, walk through those doors, move into those places, Lord, that you have for them. And, Father God, even if they don't see right away what it is that, that the, the final destination, God, that they just be continuing to seek you, Father. Lord, what's the next key? Obviously, this wasn't the one to get me there. Lord, that they would seek you for those next keys to those next places, Father, that they could come up higher into the fullness, Lord, of all that you've promised them. Lord, I just thank you for this. I just believe and receive it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And so, Father God, again, I thank you, Father, for your people's patience today. Lord, as I know, I've gone a little bit long. But, Lord, I just ask that you bless them, keep them. Lord, let your face shine upon them this week as we celebrate this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, there'll be prayer people up by probably by the door. Thank you very much.